<laughs> Try being a slave in that I era. Know. All the orifices, or well, that <laughs> that's so weird. And then you would the datu became a natural target for vengeful spirits. Part of the eulogy, and again, this is the eulogy, is the sexual fulfillment of either the man or the woman. Like he got a lot of orgasms? I don't know what that means. Or is he it, gave a lot of is orgasms. Is it progeny? She didn't fake it. It was really good. <laughs> we can unpack that. We can, we can. But not today. I, right? The episode called Mommy Mia. That's not what that <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, that's not what it's called. <laughs> Anna was like, let's see. <laughs> rains on a bright sunny day why do i have to turn my clothes inside out every time i get lost and why does your pantry always have to be ready with adobo ingredients at any point in time i don't know but we'll find out i'm anima <laughs> and i'm ice and this, this is, is the gods, gods must be crazy. crazy we are super passionate about philippine um, mythology and folklore and we want to learn about it um you know with each other yeah. so Every other week or so, we will be bringing stories um, that we're super interested and curious about and telling it to each other. And we'd love if you could join us. So join us to learn about where these myths come from, Mm -hmm. what are they all about, and do these myths persist till today? Hello! And welcome to part three of our death and burial series. In the first, in the first one of this, we one. said one of two. Yeah. And then in the second one, we said two of three. Yeah. So is it is it three of three or three of four? I don't know. Um, it just goes to show you, though. I mean, how much there really is to learn and to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like death and burial practices because you know there are so many different um tribes and subcultures within Mm -hmm. you know the philippine islands and it's one of those things that are sort of unifying across across the different regions i mean you know marriages yes doesn't happen to everyone Mm -hmm. but like birth of course happens to everyone um farming whatevs but death everyone's gonna die yeah What's yeah. it called? It's a universal equalizer mm-hmm, or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, That and the internet. Exactly. <laughs> so I didn't try to put too much structure into this um, part three. Basically, what I just wanted to look into is, are there any other kind of interesting practices um, that we observe from other tribes and cultures that we haven't mm-hmm. covered yet? So... Um, if you're just catching up or if you're listening to this first, um, just know that we did... There's three parts so far in the series. <laughs> the first one <laughs> is... <laughs> I know. We don't wanna, what's that in English? Never... Uh, uh, never say never. No. Never that. say never. Sorry. What, yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 the literal translation, it's hard to speak finally. <laughs> yeah. 
or don't speak like close-ended. Yes, I guess. We're not good translators. Oh. <laughs> um, sorry. So in in part one of this series, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the superstitions that are practiced to today when it comes to like death and mourning, mm-hmm. right, and burial and day um, of the dead, like yeah. the stuff you do on the day of the dead. Exactly. Yeah. And in part two, we covered some of the interesting practices. Uh, of the northern uh, Luzon regions, right? Mm-hmm. So in particular, um, there are tribes, for example, that um, used to practice mummification. Yes. Right? And there's a, an epic story of a certain mummy that was stolen, and then the village felt that their land got cursed because mm-hmm. the mummy was not there, and so it was brought back. The episode so- I had I had suggested to, <laughs> to entitle Mummy Mia, I don't know if... <laughs> Ice has been ignoring my suggestion. It's, uh, it's, under, it's under review and deliberation. We don't know what the we, final title will be. We'll, we'll get back to you with the final... Uh, but that was the working title. <laughs> so in this one, I wanted to cover, like, are there, are there any other kind of uh, tribal practices or subcultures that, um, that, that we haven't covered yet, right? Mm-hmm. Because some of them are interesting and they do share some practices and beliefs that we've covered in the last episode. Um... But I also found it interesting when I was looking through some of the research because I, I was reading some of the history books mm-hmm. um, of very early records of like pre-colonial practices, right? Now, obviously, these records were mostly written by uh, outsiders. Yeah, outsiders and colonizers and even the scholars at the time, right? Even after all of that, some of the main, the well-known scholars were also still like you know, white people basically yeah, yeah. Uh, who were studying the country. So there's this book called Barangay mm-hmm. and it's about 16th century Philippine culture and society. It's mostly based on Visayan accounts. Oh. So this guy basically like put together some of the learnings from the Boxer Codex and other mm-hmm. accounts. He's a Jesuit, okay. I think. Um, but so that's a large basis of this. So there's a lot... I guess that's as far liberal as you can get there <laughs> with the Jesuits. The Jesuits. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, he unpacked that separately. But um, So there's a lot that, that is based on Visayan culture mm-hmm. that, we'll, that we'll talk about. There's a bit of Mindanao examples as well. But one interesting that I found here was what is the difference in the way that they practiced, um, you know, mourning and burial based on your social class what so there's a lot of very specific notes on like oh this is the normal practice but if you're a datu which is the head of the village Mm -hmm. um this is this is how they did it instead okay so i think i found that interesting like Mm -hmm. just how differently they treated like this you know they were kind of like royalty basically ish i guess um i guess the richer you are the more time you have for and there was a different belief as well as to like you know what gifts were you endowed with like who would so we'll get into like okay okay there were sacrifices that were made i was gonna ask and so Trigger warnings, I guess, if you don't like hearing about sacrifices, but there are different... They even outlined, like, oh, in this province, they tortured people like this. And in this province, they tortured people ah, like that. Okay. So, we'll talk about that. By the way, Barangay, which is the title of the book, is the smallest social structure in Filipino mm-hmm. culture. So, it could, it could be sometimes used interchangeably with a village. Yeah. But also tribe. So like a, basically the, a unit, a community unit, yeah. right? That um, that 
at least was more or less Mm -hmm. self-sufficient. They would be within a certain kind of area or boundary and they had social structures within them, like mini economy within them. It's named after the Mm -hmm. barangay, which is a longboat. Mm -hmm. And in some cultures in, apparently in, in, uh, I want to say Sumatra, no, Java, they still have the longhouses, mm. the barangay longhouses, and it's multiple families in like a really, really long house. Mm. And that's essentially what the barangay is. Like the number of people you can fit into a longhouse, which was a boat before. Yeah. 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 Really I think we'll, we'll have a separate episode where we talk about the different social classes and yeah. social structures. Because I think that's also like a very rich kind yeah. of territory we, we touched talk- a little bit on it yeah. on the in the warrior warrior women episode yeah, yeah. With, when we talked about inaginit mm-hmm. and he talked about like the timawa which was like the the warrior, warrior class, class right yeah. yeah so um on this one i was like uh looking at this um uh this uh, history book there's this like li- there's this book that's kind of like um designed for younger kids or like, like preteens. No, it's it's just like a it's like a mini textbook, like a historical resource. Like a young adult book like Harry Potter. Yeah, for ish, but it was like a history book. <laughs> okay. And it had Harry Potter, right. Yeah. <laughs> it had like a it so it had like different like aspects of pre colonial society. Okay. And the title of the book is so cute. It's what? called A Lo Long Time Ago. Oh, cute. So that's a pun because, uh, sorry, uh, sorry to have to explain the joke, but it's just like for people who don't speak uh, Filipino, right? Lolo is grandfather. Mm-hmm. So it's a long, long time ago. They have a version of the book that focuses on money and the history of money. Nice. And it's called Kashaisayan. Kashaisayan <laughs> means history. So it's, that's so funny. Sorry. It's the Cebu Pacific pun writer. We really a, appreciate a good pun. <laughs> I love puns. I, Again, Mommy Mia. The, a good pun. A good... Mommy Mia is an excellent mm, pun. Okay. Maybe let's do a poll. So, so anyway. two of us. <laughs> I met on the Instagram page. Okay, fine. No, it's okay. So, it, I outlined some of the artifacts like mm-hmm. related to death. And so, some of the artifacts... Um, are the manungul jar, which we talked about in the last episode. And these are basically burial jars, right? Mm-hmm. So as early as the Neolithic period, they found traces of these burial jars and it basically be different sizes. So sometimes mm-hmm. they're very big mm-hmm. and you would put like um, a body that is folded up in a seated position inside it. One time I went to a museum with my parents and they had um, mm. manungul jars there and I made my dad sit down on the floor to see if he no! would... <laughs> fit in the manungul jar and he was like no and I was like I'll try try. try." he didn't do it it reminds me of those people who like fit inside suitcases yes yes (laughs) and then you go smaller and smaller suitcases and that's relevant because they're smaller and smaller jars yes because there was a very um there was a practice of uh, secondary Mm -hmm. like reburial basically secondary Mm -hmm. tertiary burial and, you know, it was a sign of respect because yep. you still had um, basically descendants who were looking after you Aww. even after you died. And so after a body was went through a few years of the first burial, it was exhumed and then they got the bones Can you imagine opening the jar? into a small burial <laughs> jar. It's actually interesting because I was looking up all these different practices and I saw this video 
of a certain tribe in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And I will link it because you guys... Oh, you ha- showed me this. You have to watch it. It's very fascinating. I think it's a National Geographic documentary. And it's a tribe that to today practices both the the practice of keeping the body in the house after the person dies. Hi, Grandma! And that whole idea of like, after a few years, you get the body out. They change the clothes. So before they even rebury... They changed the clothes because she's like, oh, you know, the outfit's boring now. And so, like, well, we brought him a new outfit. It's and like a, having a Barbie. Yeah. But a corpse. See, the thing is, <laughs> the people who did that, so they show this clip. Is so, it because they didn't have Barbies? So, so, <laughs> so these guys went to the crypt of their, like, grandfather or something. Mm-hmm. They brought the guy out. So the guy was still I'll actually... say they used to have crypts. It, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so the guy was pretty well preserved, mm-hmm. to be honest. No, because they... Sorry, one by one. They keep the body in the home for as long as they can. But oh. eventually, they have to bury it. Okay, right? that and makes so sense. And so the body is kept. It's in like either a chair or like a bed. And then they... Um, bring the bring bring them food every day, basically. And, you know, they even showed uh, images of like... The mourners just like mourning every day beside the body, mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. crying. They couldn't accept it because so the, the idea is like for as long as you can afford to, you keep the body in your home, right? And eventually you have to bury it. So mm-hmm. they bury it, and then after a while you come back. And so they showed this clip of like these guys who went to the burial site. They brought the body out, and they brought a change of clothes. And so they changed the clothes of the guy, and he they they bought like flashy clothes. So it's so funny. <laughs> Like Elvis, like, like, know, like some Elvis flashy clothes. jacket, and then shades, and then they took pictures with the corpse. I'm not kidding. The corpse is upright, and they were like leaning against it and taking pictures. Oh no! <laughs> you know, it already disturbs me whenever when people are in hospitals and then they take pictures with whoever is sick, but like yeah. while the person is unconscious. I get it if they're like awake and like. Hi, you know, I'm okay. But like when the person's asleep also, and I'm like, what? That's weird. That's no consent, but okay. Yeah. I find it weird. But this is worse. Much worse. <laughs> I don't know why. So that's what they did. Um, mm-hmm. And it, anyway, I think it's interesting because there are those shared practices. So the idea of reburial is mm-hmm. a sign of respect and affection. Yeah. Because, you know, even at, years after your death, you have your descendants and your progeny who's like looking after you. In I the like afterlife. that. I never thought of it that way. I always thought, well, because, you know. It, well, our, practical purposes also, it was a space saving mechanism. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because like less and less. They used content, to bury container. in caves, for example. Yeah. And that's where you found Manungul jars, by the way. So mm-hmm. if more and more people died in your community, you had to make space. And so it was a, also a necessary practical kind yeah. of concern. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the things that was there. Um, Manungul jars were found in like Palawan, Visayas region, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they also found similar ones called Maitum pots. Sorry, so Manungul jar, I, I was trying to describe it earlier, but a huge jar could fit a person sitting down. It gets smaller and smaller. And the distinctive feature, fe- feature of Manungul jars is the cover because mm-hmm. they were used... There would used to be... I think we talked about this already. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. I'm just recapping because okay. there's a difference with this other time. Ooh. Yeah. So there, there there, would be figures of like two people on a boat and it usually symbolizes the moving person. to the afterlife. Yes. Um, 
There are there's a different version called the Maitum pots. Maitum pots. And it's from the Sarangani province in Mindanao where they have like really good fish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was a similar idea but the pots were shaped like human figures. So the he- sometimes it would have like genitals and stuff. What? So you'd have like she pots and he pots. <laughs> ah! For like men and women. Okay. And they're shaped like human figures. And so the distinctive feature was that. And then there would be a head on top. And they would have different expressions. So some of them were sad. Some of them were angry. Oh my goodness. In the accounts they said some of them looked like jealous. But I'm like, I'm not sure that's How do you emotion make your you face jealous? Carry. I don't know. It doesn't account. <laughs> it's the author's <laughs> interpretation. But yeah, some of them had breasts and genitals. Nice. So connote the gender. Nice. So, yeah. Um... The other, yeah, the other that. interesting um, artifacts that we hadn't talked about before really was death masks. Ah, yes. And um, usually these would be gold, actually. Gold. So, Philippines so, used to have a ton of gold. Yeah, so in Iloilo, they found um, these um, little mini gold discs that were used to cover the eyes and the nose. Ooh. And in in Butuan or Agusan del Norte, that's also mm. in Mindanao, um, it was a full on face mask. But the idea is actually linked with this whole piece of you have to cover the orifices oh. so that the soul doesn't escape before it can get transported to the afterlife, or so the bugs don't get into the soft things. Yeah, yeah. 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 How about this? How about the mouth? Yeah. So sometimes they would. Um, How about all the orifices, or well, that can't save all the orifices, like gold panties. <laughs> I don't know, gold butt. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, they didn't find any of those artifacts, so mm, who knows? Who knows? Oh no, this will escape, like as a fart. <laughs> oh no! But yeah, that was the idea. And and I'm so I'm curious, like, is that what influenced the superstition that we talked about a few like two episodes ago of mm-hmm. when people would put coins on someone's I, eyes? Yeah, yeah. But it was more of fair, I guess. Yeah, that rather was than more covering of the eyes. But yeah. yeah, that was interesting. And then the other one that was mentioned was an agreed to practice where mm-hmm. some of them would actually bury um the bodies upright. Mm-hmm. In deep perpendicular holes on the ground, so like a little slot. That's so weird. And then you would bury the body upright, but the head of the deceased what? had to be like left they're on the beach, ground. like they're on the beach with their family. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would cover it with a coconut shell. I've seen this. Yeah, I've seen this somewhere, and it's it's a little bit funny because. I, I mean, or a horrible, but okay. No, no. I mean, what's funny is you know the bunot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunot is bunot um, is a, the husk of the coconut. Yeah, so it's it's half a coconut. It has a husk, so a lot of the fibers fibers are still there, and it is actually a traditional floor polishing implement. Floor polishing or floor sweeping implement. So. You know, if if you guys recall it, because um, I know a lot of you are our age, like you and you're younger, one of the chores that they give to children is bunot, which yeah. is you basically like just you mop sweep the floor, mop or sweep the sweep the floor, and then mop it with the bunot to make it shine. The you wooden put the floors. wax too. Sometimes yeah. you put the wax, not all the time, and then you you bunot to to make it shine. Make it shine, but also get the because we had a lot of those floorboards with like the thin floor thin wooden panels. Yeah. And it's to get like the dirt from in between. 
Yeah, yeah. That, it's like a brush. It's like a, so anyway, it's like a dance. You have when, to be coordinated. You when be I saw that practice, all I thought was like, so it's like a bonot? Like you yeah. cover it with like a bonot? Also, how small is the head? If you can cover it with a coconut. But I'm I'm wondering why that was a practice. Like, and, and I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't do enough research on this. But is this the same tribe that does head hunting? So is it about <gasps> like, because the head is so So prized, valuable, yeah. Like, I get to keep my head even in my death or something. My guess. But that's a guess. I don't my know. guess mm. is um, it could be this whole thing of, like, you're not always sure if people are dead yet. And so that might be a practice. Unless they're getting embalmed mm. or whatever. It might be, like, just in case, just in case, you know, we're covering it because so animals don't get to it. But but just in case you're still alive, you're like, hello, <laughs> yeah, that I'm was like, still here. I'm so good, and this coconut is delicious. <laughs> Maybe. Let's see, let's see, let's verify that. Let's ask some. Let's ask Ambit. Ambit, sir Ambit. is my teacher. So I know, like, I know. He's very active on social media. He is because yeah. I think he has like a YouTube channel he started. Ooh. Yeah, so that's nice. exciting. Um, we'll have him over as a guest. <laughs> we talked a lot about actual practices with regard to burial and mourning, right? We actually haven't talked about what happens before. Because, before you're dead? So there are a lot of ritual practices and superstitions. If you're like almost dying? Associated with like, why could why did this person die? What caused it? Or like um, practices that sometimes Babaylan did, like rituals they did, to try to call back a departed soul when they mm-hmm. felt like this person is close to death but not really dead. Mm-hmm. So like, how do we do it? So in so in the book Barangay, as I said, um, they they noted down the idea of. Um, some deaths could have been caused by a swang mm-hmm. or monsters, right? Mm-hmm. So because obviously people would would sometimes think that they're supernatural causes because uh, sudden, to death, yeah, sudden or a bit. or they behaved weirdly, or not even sudden because sometimes they feel like if a person is dying slowly, then the aswang who they believe are flesh eaters was slowly eating Consuming their liver. Them. Ew! So there's this um. Or but also, this, why the liver is so gross? Yeah, there's this like phrase, "kinibta ng atay," so the the liver is slowly being chipped at, chipped away at. Oh no! And that's because aswang love liver, and so they're slowly eating away at the person. What if the aswang has an iron deficiency? Yeah, yeah, well, why is he getting it from like eat a pig? Maybe just have Guinness, na lang. <laughs> eat yeah, that's true. <laughs> Something, but if they believe that, um. Someone died because an aswang um, ate them or attacked them, and that one of their village members were aswang. They would put that person to death. How do they know? It was like a witch trial. How do they know? Remember our um, Mananangal episode where it's a new person, new person, someone who's isolated. It reminds me of the witch trials, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, if this gets us into social classes, but if the victim was a datu. Mm-hmm. And a datu is like the head of the village, basically. Mm-hmm. Typically, um, a political or a it's, war it's, leader. Yeah, a war leader. But depends what's valuable mm-hmm. to the barangay. Sometimes it's someone who's who is. Sometimes it's hereditary. But yeah. some tribes elect a datu. Mm. Um, so sometimes it's a, a war leader, someone who's or learned. But or also, sometimes it's someone who helps with the trade. Mm-hmm. Also, someone who speaks another language. So it's well connected. 
Yeah. But but they also believed, obviously, they associated some like supernatural benefits to the Datu because mm-hmm. the Datu was like the mini king in their mini kingdom. That's yes. kind of the function yes. um, that they There serve. are still Datus today. Mm. Yeah. Or as I say, Datu is a well known last name, by the way. Yeah. You mean Datu or yeah. coworker? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so if the. If you're a Datu and keep you, going you, on you these got, you got, in the you middle got of sentences. <laughs> ADHD podcast. If the victim <laughs> is a Datu, the whole family of the suspected Aswang is put to death. What? Yeah. yeah. Man. Poor guy. I know. Like, I know. You, there's not even any notice of like a trial. Like how would you know? They would just like take it for granted. Like yeah, this person is Aswang. Like, no, you know what? It's someone who's, I know, someone who's different. Someone who mm. is contrarian. It's someone yeah. who, sometimes it's someone well, I mean, who's, the social function was like to keep people who were outsiders outsiders or had like different values than the community mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh they also thought that if the if you so this is a different belief if there was a monitor lizard Ooh. under your house mm-hmm. that is a sure sign of impending death is it like a bayawa or is it the same yeah. We always had that in our house, but then again, I did have a lot of relatives who died. <laughs> so here's what you should have done. You know what you should have done? What? You kill the monitor lizard. You enshroud it and bury it as if it's a human being. and Like a substitute. Yeah. So it's believed that that could be enough to like offer their life in exchange. Can I tell you a tangent? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm a monitor lizard. So my dad, we stayed in this um, place, when my dad was in the military, we stayed in this place called Kalipayan, which is like freedom. It was like though, it was like Imelda's Where is it? in Cebu, in um, Mactan Air Base. Mm. And it was like the, uh, it's like a, I guess like a mini hotel. And it, that's where Imelda would stay when she was in power, inside the base. Um Changrila had just opened. It wasn't really a thing to have hotels then. But this was like, I would say, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. So they always said they always said it was haunted and everything. My mom saw ghosts. Sometimes the grand piano would move across the floor. Anyways, so there was um, a bayawak on the ceiling. And the caretaker said, mm. there's a bayawak on the ceiling. It's bad luck. It's bad luck. And so mm. my dad said, well, this is what we did. We always have bayawaks in um, Batangas. And so he talked about this trap that they would do in in like super detail, which is essentially you get a drum, a drum, like a steel drum, and then you sort of, you don't fully open it, but you cut the opening in a way like a star, and then you would push all the tines in, push it in. Okay. So from the outside, it's smooth, but in the inside, it's sharp. Okay. Yes. Then you would put a piece of rotting meat inside to lure the bayawak. Bayawak would go in, but will not be able to go out okay. because of the tines. The next day, the bayawak is gone. Did it go inside the trap? No. Where did it go? It was just gone. Okay. And it's like a pretty easily monitorable uh, property. And the bayawak had been there for days and days. And the caretaker didn't know what to do with it. And he's like, sir, the bayawak is gone. Okay. And so my dad thinks that he heard us and heard our evil plan. <gasps> and, and, and like... Cut like, his losses before. Like, before I'm not saying that. It's like no one is dying in this house. I'm just going. I'm just leaving. They are evil people. This this general guy is horrible. <laughs> My dad was like, and then you eat it. I'm like, no. Is it good though? I've had it. It's maango. It's um, what's maango? Gamey. Gamey. It's very gamey. It's kind For of like a chip. reptile. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, I like it more than um, crocodile, if mm. that makes a difference. I, and but I like it more than snake. But yeah, that doesn't say much. I, I know. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. If, if faced with an option yeah. of those three things, yeah, why not? Yeah. But owls are scary. Mm. They're like mini dragons. Yeah. Yeah, but I, they eat chickens. So, anyways, but, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Related to hey, no one died. That's no good. One died. That, because it was over your house, not under it. Oh. And it wasn't even our house. It was just a hotel yeah, we were staying at. It wasn't at. under the, the establishment, so that's It fine. has to be under. Yeah, so if it's under the house. Okay, we've never had one under our house. One time we had a carabao go in our basement. Okay. Because our house was being constructed and we had a basement. You've been to our house in Batangas. No, I haven't. There's, there's an upstairs and a downstairs. And the downstairs is pretty big. Yeah. And um, while we were making the house, the downstairs was easily accessible by a ramp. And that's where the builders would live. And then we have a TV there and stuff. So one day, all the workers were out. And then when they were coming in for lunch or whatever, or for the day, to nap for the day, there was a carabao watching TV. <laughs> and they didn't know what to do. Sometimes <laughs> carabaos are scary, yeah. Sometimes yeah because sometimes they can attack had, you. He had horns. But, yeah. but they were like, first they slowly backed away. Uh-huh. And so what they did, they cut power to the TV. Okay. Because it was one of those... The carabao was watching TV. Yeah. He was watching It Bulaga. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, uh, and then I know because I asked what was the carabao watching it was Ipulaga and so they cut the power to See, the TV the carabao was just bored and there's and no Netflix just out. there's no Netflix on the field no he just wanted to watch something I don't know where he came from <laughs> we don't have a carabao but yeah sorry for the animal tangent <laughs> <laughs> anyway so so if it was believed that um, you know you were dying, etc., you were close to the brink of death, they did this ritual that which um, was intended to call back a, a nearly uh, a recently departed soul. It was kind of like a desperate attempt to like bring them back. It's called mm. the paguli. 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 Does it, is uli it from... means to return? Uli does or again, right? So in that. In, in Bisaya. In Bisaya, I think it means to come back mm-hmm. or to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, like we. Yeah. So they, so they put a coconut shell of water on your stomach, um, and then they kind of rotate it, and then the shaman or yes, a babaylan would say, "Uli, uli kala," which means "come back, come back, soul." Because they call the soul the kala, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the case of Adatu, they would do that ritual, but on top of that, they would also sacrifice some slaves because the hope is slaves. That... I was not ready for that. <laughs> I was like chickens. <laughs> some no. slaves. Wait. They would sacrifice. Sorry, I should have prepped you while I was drinking. <laughs> in the case of Adatu, they would sacrifice some slaves in the hopes that they would like they would be accepted in his stead because what they thought was. So when someone dies, it means that an ancestor spirit, someone who died recently, is calling them away. Ah, like sundo. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, like sundo, which means to fetch someone. And so they would sacrifice the slaves because they believe that, you know, maybe this person would... Um, Just be as good as the other one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the reason they also did this was because they believed, see, Adatu um, fights for us. Yes. Adatu leads like battles or skirmishes mm-hmm. so that we could get more because that's how they expanded you yeah. know, their villages and stuff like that. And so they also believe that as a result, Adatu became a natural target for vengeful spirits of it. men that yeah. he had like beaten 
yeah. are vanquished. Yeah. And so that's why there was these extra steps needed mm-hmm. to kind of save him. And so sometimes if they didn't have enough slaves, they would go on expeditions that they called Itatanum. Itatanum. And the intent is to take captives from other communities to sacrifice them. Oh, no. Yeah. So this is where I get a bit... Into... How do they stop? What? When do they know to stop? If the Datu just stays dead? Uh-huh. If the Datu just... I think the, the, the shaman would probably, like, interpret for them. Yeah. And sometimes, like, someone... They would just die. And then, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's an offering. Just bring them to the heaven or something. Um, the book talked about different ways that they executed the sacrifices. Oh, so no. So this is a okay. bit of a trigger warning. So in Cebu... They used to uh, um, have spears on the edge of the house porch. Okay. So Sorry, so they would spear... No, no, no. Sorry, my mistake. They would spear the slaves at the edge of the house's porch. And this, this is important because they dug graves right at the bottom mm. after the porch. So that after they speared the slaves, it will be immediately go to the grave. That's expeditious. Very expeditious. <laughs> In Karigara, mm-hmm. they would put the bodies prostate mm-hmm. on like the floor or like the beach area, mm-hmm. and they would roll a boat on top of the body. <gasps> oh no! And squish them. Yeah. Squish death by squishing. <laughs> <laughs> in um. But then the beach is sandy, no? Huh? The beach is sandy, uh, so they. Maybe it was a hard beach or something. Uh, yes. It wasn't in Boracay. No, not that. a powder baby it powder wasn't fine a, beach. It wasn't a white sand fluffy <laughs> beach. Um, yeah. Squish. In Butuan, mm-hmm. they would bind the slaves to a cross. Okay. And then you would torture them with like bamboo spikes all day so basically like freak and like stab them. man i am bummed then, when i'm like when i'm like putting meat on a skewer and i get <laughs> and like then a you little, hit yourself i like a li- i get a little or like you're doing embroidery. And I was like, this is the most horrible thing in the world <laughs> try being a slave in that I era know. probably would have been <laughs> <laughs> they were bound to cross they were tortured all day with bamboo spikes and then finally at the end they would be run through with a spear and then cast into the river cross and all yeah okay there was a, there was an account of like uh what's this? It sounds very similar to what they would do to witches as well. Exactly. <laughs> there was an account of a certain um chieftain, I think in Bohol. Mm-hmm. Was it Bohol? It was like a seafaring community. And um Bajau? No, 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 it Bohol, I say. Yeah. And he was um so he was the Datu and he needed because sometimes even if it's not to like appease the spirits or whatever, they would send you slaves as part of like your your um, retinue, okay. to like you know to as your to entourage help you, to help you, yeah. In the because they believe Very that Egyptian. they believe that you know you would need like Servants. resources and all when you move to the to the afterlife, and so he was famously known as someone who was buried in his karakoa, which is the traditional boat, mm. with his 70 oarsmen, 70 slaves as his oarsmen. The intent is, you know, he wants to still use his boat in the afterlife and he would need oarsmen to go with him. And so they killed the slaves as well. And then they just pushed it out? Hmm? They just pushed out the boat? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Or was it like Norse style? The, the accounts like, don't say... I don't want to represent what the accounts <laughs> say. The accounts don't say what happened to the boat afterwards, mm. whether it was buried or sent off into the sea. 
I think either option would be. It lands in like Guam. <laughs> and then you're like, what is this? Who is this? This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that was. Um, Wait, tension. Sorry. Mm. Have you ever heard of the Salt Mary Celeste? What? The Salt Mary Celeste. What's that? It's a boat. It's a. I think it's a British boat. Okay. That was um, found floating uh, with no one alive on board. Like just, it was completely intact, and there was no like there was no sense of violence. There was food there. Perfectly working navigational system. There was when was water. this in like like pre pre America era? It's called the Salt Mary says, and they said it's haunted. You know, so it's but it's like the, the that's kind of a cool boat name, <laughs> Salt, Salt Mary, Mary Celeste. Celeste. That's cool. It's cool. So I'm thinking that actually, sorry, another mm-hmm. tangent. But <laughs> recently in Japan, there was an earthquake that washed up a lot of World War II boats. I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very scary too. Mm. It's like because it was like I think it was um, boats from like one of the biggest naval battles of World War Two, and oh. so a lot of people died. Did you see in boats. again tangent, tangent to your tangent in Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries? There's an episode on the on the on the recent tsunami in Japan. I think it was Tohoku. I'm not sure, mm. but um, there was a, a a a monk there who said that there were still a lot of spirits who were like walking around and didn't know that they were dead yet. Yes, because the tidal wave happened so fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tsunami happened so fast. Is it the same as the tidal wave? Yeah. But anyways, but mm. yeah. Good. Oh, that's so sad. But I know that, it's kind of sad more than scary, right? But that's like you know a lot of movies like Sixth Sense and yeah. um, they don't know their dad. What's that Nicole Kidman movie where Los Otros, the others, the others, where it was her and her kids, and she was so scared she didn't realize they were the they were the ones they, they were, were the, the ghosts. Yeah, spoiler, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'd like to watch that. It's been around for 20 years. If anyone hasn't seen the the, the, the plot twist of Sixth Sense, I don't know what to tell you. I got ruined for me. Huh? That got ruined for me. I but you don't mind spoilers, right? Yeah, but this is a really good one. Yeah, that's, that's one of the necessary, like, yeah. you really have to not know. Okay, anyways, super tangent. So many tangents. Super tangent. So, um, I, I think one of the other interesting things is we talked about how they would prepare a body for mummification yes. in, in part two, right? The episode called Mummy Mia. That's not what that <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, that's not what it's called. Anna was like, let's see. <laughs> it hasn't been uploaded yet, so let's see. Um, but they also had like certain... Um, practices with regard to like how to prepare the body for mm-hmm. burial so they would actually you know have a ritual haircut Ooh. and grooming Ooh. <laughs> for the body and so Pigafetta mm-hmm. was one of like the first people to Which kind is of a, a scribe of yeah Magella. chronicle yeah chronicle the you know the first couple of accounts of, of the Philippine Islands he attended the funeral where he saw that while they were doing the ritual where the body was perfumed and groomed and stuff like that. The widow of the dead person lay on top of the body mouth to mouth. It, what? It doesn't say why. 
is it so that you prevent the soul from escaping while it's happening? I don't know, but the the, the widow laid there on top of the body, mouth to mouth, while they Ew. did all of the preparations, which... What if he love. died from, like, COVID? They should get it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Ew. Yeah. And then after, as we talked about earlier, they would, you know, put jewelry, like the gold masks, and they would put as much gold as possible. Nice. Because, again, you want to make sure that you are giving them as many resources as possible to have a good life in the afterlife. So, aside from the gold masks that we talked about, they would also put as much gold as possible in the mouth. Oh. And then they would... Some of them would, like, enshroud the body mm. so that you'd have, like, I don't know, five, ten blankets. Mm. And so they would put gold in each and every layer Sweet. of the blankets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, that opened up a lot of... Grave robbing. Grave robbers, right? Yeah. Um, and then, the so they would hold the wake, right? And the wake would actually last as long as the family can supply food and drink. Oh, well, makes sense. So, yeah, that's fine. But while the wake was happening, the, the, the family... Like, the widower and, like, the first-degree family members... Direct family members. Yeah, would be secluded. Oh! Like, at, like somewhere. Uh-huh. And it would be, like, there would be, like, a white kind of cloth or white hangings, like, mm-hmm. separating them from, from the funeral. Mm-hmm. And then, there were accounts, and this is why I found it fascinating, there were accounts of, like, professional mourners or crying ladies. Ah, yes. Right? And... Um, and these were the people who became actors later. <laughs> they were generally old women. Yeah. What and, else would you do? And and they would like keep crying. The intent was obviously to show like how well loved and well respected the person was that there would be so much mourning at their funeral. So I thought that was a Chinese thing, but no. I guess it was a pre-colonial thing. Yeah. No? So wow. they would be like, you know, it's characterized by a lot of wailing, but they'd also... <gasps> eulogize so part of what the mourners do would be to talk about like the accomplishments of the dead now obviously this is very sexist but um they would talk about like the bravery and generosity of the men Mm -hmm. or the beauty and industry of the women but there's also one part (laughs) and i really want to prove this further they would part of the eulogy and again this is the eulogy is the sexual fulfillment Either the man or the woman. Like he got a lot of orgasms? I don't know what that means. Or is he it, gave a lot of is orgasms. Is it progeny? Like, oh, you know, sexual hypnosis. He liked like- anal. <laughs> <laughs> and hence here is this golden she, butt plug. She, she, she came twice. <laughs> I don't know. No. Oh my but God. this needs to be investigated for pretend. <laughs> She didn't fake it. It was really good. <laughs> She's very flexible. <laughs> so, the se- sexual fulfillment of either the man or the woman. Best BJs in town. <laughs> so, yeah. so, it's funny because there, there was a movie, right? With Sharon Conetta. Yes, Crying Ladies. Crying Ladies. Yeah, it was really good. That was cute. I really liked it. With Eric Kison. I don't know if he gay or not. But yeah, but that was a really good movie, mm, mm. Crying Ladies. But but the reason I thought it was Chinese because in in Crying Ladies, Sharon was hired by a Chinese family, and that she maybe it was. also is Chinese. Maybe, yeah. But I haven't, I haven't seen it in any other in any other modern culture. Yeah. Of uh, of Crying Ladies, it would be so good. 
What? I would be so good as, as a, a crying I lady. I know, you would make an amazing crying lady. I can cry. I can make myself cry. <laughs> Imagine if like the the family was like, okay, so this is what you want you to tell about the disease. And then also, can you please emphasize the sexual fulfillment part? Because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is really important for <laughs> There's like message tracking. There's like message tracking for the You're like, he was really big. Here are the, here are the content buckets. Here are the content buckets. He's really good with his tongue. <laughs> Explicit warning now. <laughs> Not the sacrifice, no, no, but no. this part. No, no, no. No, the, the explicit warning is uh, sexual content and gore and uh, uh, big lizard traps. <laughs> yeah. So that would That's happen so during funny. a week. And then they also talked about the differences in um, how they. Didn't were, you say before that there were what? mummies that they would be preserved with erections? In like the previous episode. Wait, was that you, or was that. I, or was I imagining? Things? Was that your <laughs> fantasy? <laughs> oh no! No, no, no! I think you did. That some uh-huh. mummies would be preserved with erections. I don't recall saying it. Or was it because I was watching the mummy and the and mummy? You were like, is. "Oh, Brandon Fraser, so hot!" Yeah, and then the you mummy. mixed up your feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> death is okay. Well. We can unpack that. We can, we can. But not today. I've been having weird dreams lately, but okay. <laughs> so, there were also differences in the way that they um, buried people from different social classes. Mm-hmm. So actually, for poor people, they said that you were basically just wrapped in banana leaves. And That's... Put... <laughs> ano ka biko? <laughs> Because the practice is they would enshroud. So normally, you would be enshrouded. So you would be like wrapped in blankets, right? And then they would put like little... Ornaments. um, Ornaments or worldly possessions in between the layers of blankets. And then you would be buried inside um, what they call a longon, which is... That sounds familiar. Which is a coffin that is hewn from a hardwood, typically... Um, sometimes the ipil tree, mm-hmm. right? And the idea is the entire coffin is hewn out of it, and even the lid Ooh. from that one tree trunk. Oh, that's and nice. then they would seal it with like some resin. Mm-hmm. And that seal is important because a lot of times they would keep the coffins in the house, so you would need that kind of seal. So that would be a standard for like a normal person. But and then it's now your table. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> But if you were poor and you couldn't afford that, right? Then you would be wrapped in banana leaves. That's and then so sad. <laughs> put in like a, a simple, <laughs> a simple casket of like thin boards or bamboo. Oh, no. So yeah, and um, obviously, if you're datu or a rich person, prominent person, your long one would be much more intricate. Mm-hmm. And typically, is actually, it a different tree? No, no, it would be basically a hardwood. But it was also typical of the Datu or other prominent people to actually um, carve out fanciful designs on their own coffins while they're alive. <sighs> this is similar to the hanging coffins mm. in in Sagada where you also make your own coffins before you die. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Or even, I mean, to be honest, like Pharaoh's commission and mm-hmm. built pyramids 
long before in their they, lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for for their um, own use. So, <laughs> so yeah, and so again, as I said, that th- th- that was important because they would keep um, the coffins um, unburied in the house. Oh, why? <laughs> um, so sometimes the corpse would also be the body cavity cavities would be filled with sap. They're so they put buyo sap. Inside and then, as I said, and then it becomes amber and pieces, and then it's preserved, <laughs> and then you can make a dinosaur out of it. <laughs> there was this interesting practice. Um, I don't know how widespread this was, but apparently, sometimes they would put an axe handle hmm. in the coffin of what they would call a bingit. Bingit, and a bingit is a woman who had known no other man than her husband. Because the idea is, like, a hole in the axe handle can fit only the axe head that's made for it. And I'm just like, did they put the axe head on the man's coffin? They didn't say. But... So it's like a... a, I don't know. Is it a romantic thing? It seems like a symbolism thing. Yeah, maybe. Right? Like, it's just, it's just like, like, it's a, it's... It's a metaphor for her vajayjay. Because <laughs> exactly. It's only, right? It's because it's only been one Because guy. it's a, an axe hole in the So in the, the only, only axe head would fit is her husband's <laughs> axe head. As if the vajayjay is not an elastic part of your body. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. But, okay, so... So, so that was the coffin, right? Mm-hmm. And then they would, most of the time, they would bury these people in like graveyards that are like outside the city limits. Yes. Or sometimes they would put them in caves or small islands. So mm-hmm. actually, there was an account an where, island. there was an account where, I think it was Magellan, he went to Homonhon Island and it, okay. he found it uninhabited. And then he realized that that was the case because that's where they would bury people. And so no one lived there. A cemetery people island. People believed that it was haunted. Yeah, a cemetery yeah, man. island. Yeah. Yeah. But again, as I said, in the case of datus and shamans, they would they would not be in the far-flung burial mm-hmm. grounds. They would be kept under the houses sometimes. Under the house. And in the case of... So, so this I hadn't heard before. And we need to circle back to this when we talk mm-hmm. about Babaylan. Mm-hmm. But guess what they did to Babaylans who died? They where would they? It. Where and how would they be? Right? As their new dining table. What's your guess? In the bed, under the bed. The baybaylan would be exposed to the elements in the branches of the balete tree where they established <gasps> spiritual contact. They're like in there in the vines. Exposed to the elements. Like like um, tresse. Yeah, so so you kind of like recall those images of like people were like hanging on the balete tree. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes when you're passing the balete tree, I try not to look. To you know, there's this human instinct to find faces yes. and things, right? And so sometimes when I see a balete tree, <gasps> I try not to look too closely because you can almost see a face yeah. in there. And oh, there's someone hanging. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes, so sometimes. They would put the Datu's um, uh, body in a tomb, right? Okay. And and this is a super interesting practice. There would be one slave who would be assigned to guard that tomb for the rest of his life. It's like 
it because obviously if all of the <laughs> if all of the riches of the dad were buried with yeah. him it would keep attracting grave robbers right just so, one guy no no so, shifting <laughs> so there would be like this this slave and they would be called a dayo mm-hmm. and they would be stationed at the tomb of the Datu for the rest of his life. And he's supposed to be there to guard the tomb against robbers and a swam. Okay. I like how you were like, a swam, okay. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a special privilege. Ooh. So it's actually a privileged position for slaves. It was okay. an enviable position for slaves. Because he would therefore have the right to feed himself off anybody's field. Oh, because he's doing a big service to the community. Kind of like a lighthouse guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a there was an interesting like saying that men with like permanent positions. So I guess like the equivalent of like non contractual. Yeah. Like when you're not when you move from contractual to like permanent mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. employee employment. So people so men with permanent positions they would joke na, um, oh we're like Dayo. Okay, because <laughs> they they're like jobs for life. Yeah, they're like oh we're secure. It's like now. a tenured position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would be the lucky slave because mm-hmm. there would also be slaves that we talked about this earlier who would be sacrificed at the Datu's death. I know. Right? How do you get? How do you get to be a dayo? Do you have special qualifications? You don't I, sleep. That would so be much. interesting. Right? What's like the application process? I'm not. I can stay awake a lot. <laughs> um, really good with like the stingray whip. <laughs> to fight off Aswang. Yeah, has to be a trained Aswang hunter. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, what if he gets to be t- really, really old? If it's a thingy for life. Maybe it's something that you just, like, turn over or something. I guess, I, I guess. Because the other equivalent is, like, ironically, the Datu's most trusted personal assistant. They would typically have, like, that one slave who's, like, mm-hmm. dedicated to them their whole lives. Yeah, called the valet or something. It's called Anatubang. Mm-hmm. And... Unfortunately, because the Datu needs the Atubang with him the entire time, the Atubang would have to die when the Datu dies. I get it. And be buried with him. I get it. So so the Dayo has to be someone who's like really trustworthy, but the Datu didn't know. <laughs> that he didn't really, really, yeah. really know. He's just like there on the sidelines. So like yeah. you're good, but you're not that good. Yeah, you're not yeah, like yeah. the main You can't cook. Guy. You can't cook. You can't uh, iron clothes. You can't do my. Is that what the atubang does? I don't know. I don't know. I guess yeah. You can't make First appointments on Outlook calendar. <laughs> you can't book flights. <laughs> hey, that's a skill, ah, scheduling. The amount yeah. of time I no, spend. No, it's a it's a just big friggin skill. scheduling mm. shit. <laughs> Rant. And it was funny because like um. When it came to mourning, so obviously Adatu would again have special privileges because typically if it's like a normal, um, if it's a normal, uh, it's a death of a normal person or average person in the community, there would be like three days of fasting and silence and like... Silence? For the widowers. Okay. So they would fast and, and or be the completely silent yeah. um, for three days and they would not bathe or they would not cook. This is or nasty. Sometimes they would shave their hair in their eyebrows as a special sign of grief. Some people don't have that at all. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then for some weird reason that until the full mourning period ended, they did not eat cooked food. 
Ew! And what would they can have bananas? Yeah. <laughs> you, you essentially become vegan for three days. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Raw vegan you're, diet. No, you're fruitarian. <laughs> and then um, family Did members... Did I tell you that mm. a, a, someone, a friend of ours, um, he said, I'll tell you later who it is, or I'll bleep it. Where are you going? Oh, recycling. Oh, so one of our friends, um, I'll, we'll bleep the name, but uh, once said that he because we were talking about diets right he said he survived two weeks without eating anything and only consuming air what (laughs) that's a joke and he he had to work up to it you know he was doing one day two days three days and finally he got 14 days with just air not even water not even water first of all that's not biological that's what I said it's not biologically possible it's impossible you're gonna die. Yeah, three days without water, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. No. What did he say? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I really did it. I'm like, do you have proof? Do you have like a doctor's note or something? <laughs> no, he didn't. He just said it. Because I said like, yeah, I haven't had carbs in a long time, and he's like, well, one time, <laughs> I only survived on air. <laughs> That's so annoying. So in the case of uh, Adatu's death, mm-hmm. um, the whole community was placed under strict mourning called Pumarao. So basically, the whole community, nobody could wear colored clothing. This is specific. They can't climb palm trees. Oh, no! <laughs> or fish in certain But what I love climbing <laughs> palm trees. And then whenever, and your spear, when you're carrying your spear around, it has to be pointed down. down. And then your side arm. I think that's just smart. <laughs> yeah. And there would be mournful silence. So the entire community had to be super quiet. And if they're not, if they break the taboo, even if it's their animals making that sound, so let's say the dog barked mm-hmm. or the cock crowed, the families would be enslaved as punishment. That is shitty. <laughs> I think it's just a way to get more slaves. That's true. That's true. Or right? more dogs. And then the mourning period ended, only ended with the taking of human life. I don't know what that means. So it's it's it's... It's a subjective stretch of time unless someone else dies or someone else is killed. I think it's a ritual sacrifice. Like at the end of it, they would sacrifice or something. That's my guess. Yeesh. That's my guess. I guess that's why they have so many people because they have so many sacrifice yeah. things to So do. I think, and it was the same thing that they observed if the death was like a death of violence or drowning or suspected sorcery. Um... They would sacrifice either a human life or like a wild boar or a deer. And they said that men charged with responsibility for family honor would tie strings of irritating vines around their arms or neck and swear not to remove them or partake of certain foods until they had completed their duty. So let's say in your family, someone died of violence mm-hmm. or drowning or uh-huh. suspected sorcery. Mm-hmm. You you would have to do that as like the man who's holding the family honor. I'm the can. man who's holding the family honor. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> yeah, so That's Brian, man. Ha ah, finally, a benefit to being a woman. <laughs> Thank you. I knew the Philippines was good for something. <laughs> yeah. But but there, so so that was the general practice, mm-hmm. and I, I think what the the other part that I found interesting was the idea of the afterlife. So this would be the last part. Yeah. So I think the last part of this whole kind of um, series is just the idea of the afterlife in that kind of culture or community, right? 
So they believe that the departing soul was delivered to the land of the dead. And the land of the dead was called Sa'ad. Sa'ad or Sulad. Sa'ad or Sulad. And you would get there by boat. Mm-hmm. And on the shore, the soul or the kalag mm-hmm. would be met by relatives who had predeceased him. Yay! And then they accepted him only if he was well ornamented with gold jewelry. Oh! And that's why it was so important to give like baon or like you like know, a, give them enough like fair. Yeah, but what if fair. you're poor and you're only wearing banana leaves? If he was rejected, he remained permanently in Sulad unless reprieved by the god Pandaki in response to rich paganito or rituals mm-hmm. offered by his survivors. Oh, that's yeah. So in Panay, they believe that the boatman who fared um, the the dead was Maguayan, remember? Yes, story. Yes, yeah. So, was the first guy who died came back to life his wife got moved on and then he, he went back he, isn't that Paduguayan Paduguan Paduguan who's Maguayan he's a boatman okay <laughs> it's familiar <laughs> okay okay they also believe that in the afterlife married couples were reunited to continue accustomed activities again what if you had like five what wives. What if he married again, right? Yeah. What if you married... See, this is a thing. My grandmother, my grandmother, her, her first husband was her sister's husband. So her sister, she had an older sister and she married this man. They didn't have any kids. The older sister passed away. And so the guy already knew my grandmother's family and so he said, I like this family. They're cool. I'll just marry the sister. So he married my grandmother. And then they had two kids. And then he passed away when she was 27. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother met my granddad, who was her getaway driver when she was a smuggler during World War II. And so they got married. They had six other kids in the afterlife. Who does she hang out with? Who does she hang out with? Or Is maybe the latest husband? Is it my granddad? Or is it her first husband? Or maybe all of them. Or maybe all of them. Maybe they're like a foursome of swimmers. (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry. Sorry, just to complete the thought, right? So the married couples reunited to continue the activity. So they would farm together, fish together, spin or weave. And other activities. Etc. And they would spend, this is how they would spend their days for nine lifetimes. Being reborn each time smaller than the last. Until in their final reincarnation, they were buried in a coffin the size of a grain of rice. They're re they're reincarnated into smaller and smaller beings. Yes, that's like the reverse of the concept of reincarnation. Yeah. Well, I do want to be reborn in the next life as a wagyu cow. <laughs> so, but they believe that baby. So if a baby died because the baby never engaged in adult activities, it actually did not have an afterlife. Oh, because there's nothing to do. They never learned it. So, so the belief is when you die, you stay the age that you were when you died. Yeah, I think so. Oh, mm. that's sad. Yeah. Or they come back as Chanak. So. Huh? They come back as Chanak. <laughs> mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Episode three? Three, I think. Eat is me, Chanak. baby, one more time. Yes. Yeah. And you don't want mommy me? <laughs> <laughs> interesting and and probably in a separate um in a future episode like a few months later because we have a few back 
um we can talk about like what was the idea of like heaven like yeah. were there different layers to it in some of the beliefs etc yeah. is it like dante where like different people who did different things there go are, to different there are places? there are certain myths that talk about how um like like i think five or seven layers of heaven Ooh. or five or seven layers of the earth and i think we're in like the middle or the bottom layer or something like that we're in middle earth <laughs> we're in middle earth <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when i was reading some of the um the, the accounts or the quotes from from the from the book um the, it, it was said that most of the colonial visayans didn't believe that like the underworld was really evil it's not like a hell yeah and one of the reasons they said that it's not evil or hell is because it's cooler down there than it is up here That's so true. it's a better place why would it be a worse place well, it's well, much cooler underground. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos Seldran in his tour mm. used to say that, um, well, because you know we we he you know he says like you know the Filipino language is like half half Malay, half Southeast Asian, and then half Spanish, and um, you you they can choose words and adapt the words mm. that exist in concepts. So there are words for heaven in pre-colonial Philippine langit, mm. you know. Um, and then, but hell is impierno, which is a Spanish word. Because conceptually, we didn't really have that concept of punishment in the afterlife. Mm. Um, and it's more of just, it's just a different existence. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that was his hypothesis. I don't know if it holds true. Yeah, because all. we don't really have... Uh, but where does Sitan live? Because remember in, in the Tagalog mythology, Sitan's like the evil guy. But I Does think when they live say, in the I don't think he lives in the underworld. I think he's or is that just a Catholic, like. like I think it's a yeah. I think it's a Catholic reimagining. I think it's it's similar to how like fairies and and encantos mm. are in a different world of darkness or whatever. Mm. And so there's like, but it doesn't necessarily seem to me like it's a it's a place you go after a certain time. Yeah. I think it's something that coexists on this yeah. on a different plane. Yeah. Maybe. I found that account of like reincarnation interesting because I think it was the first time I encountered the idea of reincarnation in rivers in Filipino culture. In Filipino, yeah. At, at least it's one of the few like accounts I found of of reincarnation because, as we said, especially for the Katagalugan, right, in the mm-hmm. Tagalog area, it wasn't really the idea of like you move to like a different world to do different things. Your soul was still here, yeah. and that's why we would keep like. Praying to the ancestors, mm-hmm. the Anitos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we get much more in-depth um, on Anitos in, in an coming a future episode. episode. That yeah. we already did, but we just haven't aired. <laughs> because seasonality. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, that is... Um, we're we're going to keep it to three episodes for now because there's... There's, there's next year. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot, guys. Um... But I, we hope that you appreciate the the richness of of the belief. As Anima said, death is the universal equalizer. So each and every one of us have, you know, witnessed death, will experience death. Um, there's so much that you can learn from um, how people would, you know, interpret what causes death mm-hmm. would think of like in terms of how they would um prepare a body for death yeah. and 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 what they believed um the dead would go to right yeah. and even 
worshipping the dead ancestors after. I think the whole thing about all the processes that happen around death, whether it's what happens before and what happens Mm. after. Like one thing I noticed whenever I would go to a wake of of someone's parents or whoever who had died or or if I'm in a week myself with my relatives, there's a lot of talk of their lives and a lot of talks about even how they died, even the whole process of mm. like, oh, so we went to the hospital two weeks ago and then yeah. this happened and that happened. And and objectively, it's so weird. It's it's very strange that people, like really, isn't this a personal detail, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized that it's like the modern version of what we used to do which is processing. It's just mm. processing the grief and processing the loss. And it's like, like we said in a previous episode, right? Like you die two deaths. The, the Native Americans used to say that you, you die two deaths. The first death is your actual death. And the second death is when someone speaks your name for the last time. And so I think these rituals are, are like sort of a psychological coping mechanism. Yeah. For everyone to just yeah. like deal deal with it, and and I mean yes, it does sound weird because in in other cultures in other countries, you probably would be told that it's very insensitive to ask um, how did they the die? bereaved like so much about the dead and what yeah. happened because yeah. it's a painful process. But yeah. I think for us, it's like our way of showing our concern. Like, yeah. oh, how are you? How did Uh-oh. it happen? Is everything yeah. okay? And I'm so surprised at that because it's like, talagang to detail. Like, yeah, we were in the hospital at 8 p.m. and then this happened mm-hmm. and then he said this. And and it links with a lot of our superstitions and beliefs, right? Yeah. There would always be, always be stories about like, yeah, but you know, I think his spirit is here because this happened recently. I saw a black butterfly the other day. So my, my uncle died oh. um, a few months ago. Mm-mm. He rests in peace. But um, my mom... My mom would like, sometimes I catch up with my mom and she would, she's going to be listening to this at some point. So. Hi, Potita! Hi, mom. She told me, um, yeah, you know, like, what did she say? She talked about how um, my cousins were like playing around with like my uncle's safe because he used to have like a safe for his like mm-hmm. personal belongings and, and documents. Yeah. And they were playing around with it, my cousins. And then suddenly they heard it beep and it it was locked. <gasps> And they couldn't open it. Baka na and then, and then eventually, I think my mom went to the room and she was like, um, basically saying like, um, like, oh, will you let me open it or whatever? And it did open for her. Aww. So yeah, that was one story. And then she also talked about how, like, the again these two boy cousins because they're very naughty. Um, they were joking around that they were going to um mess up my uncle's car because he mm-hmm. really loves his car he always takes care of his car they were joking like yeah they were gonna mess up with it and then it beeped eh like alarm yeah and you're, so you're, you're, and so that's part of ghost. like <laughs> it's part of like you know just just the stories we like to tell we want a part of us really wants to believe that these things yeah. happen right well, because well Brian said it's our way of feeling like they're really still with yeah. us in some way Stan, Brian said that Stanley Kubrick said when he was making The Shining, that it's an optimistic film. Because wouldn't it be great if there was still something after death? Mm. Right? And that's all. And these rituals, all of these are, are, are not morbid, but they're optimistic things. Yeah. Because if there was just nothing after death, that would be pretty depressing, right? Mm. That you'd have to say goodbye, like whatever, forever. 
Um, but and, if- I, and I think in a way, like, it's kind of... The reason there's also so much, you know, mythology and lore just about the afterlife is because it's 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 kind of hard to conceptualize the idea that after death, that's there's nothing else. Yeah. Like, this is the absolute final end of things. There's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. And our minds are like, that cannot be. We cannot compute. There must be something. Yeah. There must be a point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a whole entire philosophical debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It explains why we're so fascinated with ghost stories. Yes. We want to believe it. Yeah. 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 Because if there is an unhappy ghost spirit, that means there are happy ghosts and spirits. Yeah. So it's an, you know, it's, yeah, it's an optimistic way of looking at things. Yeah. Cool. So, so that's it. We hope you enjoyed. Happy November. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope you found it interesting. You learned something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if, if we have missed certain things or if you, if you know from wherever you are, any specific practices that you think are interesting, we haven't heard of, we would love to hear it sincerely. Um, and I would love to have a follow up to this episode mm-hmm. at some point in the future. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be great if we could, um, put some of those stories in yeah. there that'd be exciting so yes. yeah so this is it's not called Mummy Mia or we're gonna figure it out but <laughs> that was uh, the previous episode that was not, no that's <laughs> not what it is Two Mummy Mia that's not what it is <laughs> this episode is called it. Rock the Boat <laughs> This has been an episode of The The Gods Gods Must Be Crazy. Crazy. We hope that you enjoyed listening in. We will be posting episodes uh, every other week or so. So, you know, please uh, join us uh, for the next one. In terms of sources, where we got our stories, and how we know what we know, we try to do as much research as possible, within a reasonable amount of time, of course. (laughs) And we try to stay close to the original tellers of the tale, as much as possible. However, we do know that a lot of our mythology comes from oral tradition, stories that your grandma and your grandma's grandma and your grandma's grandma's grandma told you. So if our renditions or our our stories are a little bit different from what you know and what you grew up with, please do let us know. Follow us on Instagram uh, at thegodsmustbecrazy.pod. We do post some additional information there. We uh, post the teasers of what's coming next, you know, and any other things you may be curious about that we feature in our episodes. Who is Garda Versos and why does he keep appearing in these different episodes? What are the different recipes that we feature for tinola and black rice and adobo and stuff like that? Um, and obviously, it's where we would love to hear from you as well. Uh, if you have any other stories that you want to feature or maybe requests of things that you want us to feature. There's also a way to directly talk to us and share any of your stories. So if you go to our anchor.fm website, there's a button there with a plus sign and it says message. And you can actually record voice notes or voice memos for us to listen to and also possibly feature in the episodes themselves. And of course, where you do listen to us, whatever platform it could be, please do rate, review, subscribe, download. (laughs) We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're even on Audible. Yeah. Um, So please share with your friends, tag your friends on our uh, social media, 
and uh, share your stories too if you feel like it. Yeah, the best way to support, you know, young and new podcasts like us is really just to spread the word out. Um, so if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you know, put in a rating and maybe a review of what you like about the show. Um, or if not, you know, just share it with your friends on social media. And, you know, that would be really, really helpful for us. So until next time. Bye. Bye.